All right. Stop looking at my eight tracks. Oh, like well, welcome to, uh, what is this, episode 13? 14. 14. 14. Episode 14 of Corinthian Cowboys. Yeehaw! We've got uh, me. We got Lake. I am Lake. And we've got uh, Lake's brother, Clay. Uh, hi. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's been a, a few months since last recording, but, you know, let's. It, you know, a couple, a handful, a bunch. Um, so let's let's get into the thick of it. Uh, we've got obviously some catching up to do. Um, mm. But before we do any catching up, um, why don't we have a quick introduction to who Clay is? Hi, my name's Clay. I'm the younger brother of Laic, the host here. Uh, I drag him in. The hosts. Um, and yeah, I just I'm here because I've had quite a few uh, adventures in cars, and, and I'm a I'm a gearhead. I work on motorcycles. I got an old Ford pickup truck. I wear a cowboy hat, sometimes cowboy boots, and uh, I work in a mill. <laughs> he is a Corinthian cowboy material, I assure you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I I wouldn't allow I would not allow him on this prestigious platform if he was not. <laughs> oh. There a prestigious go. platform. You're coming up in the world, sir. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did you say? Last recording was September. So since September, I... Uh, yeah. Early September, mind you. Yeah. Uh, haven't gotten anything new. Thankfully, it's just still the Phoenix uh, and the Eldorado. I did get a 90, a 90 uh, Chevy Cheyenne pickup to be mm. used for my... This. That's new. I love that thing, by the way. It is. It's a big. I love it. No, it's it's exactly what I needed. I'm going to be building some uh, uh, state bed walls on the bed to help. Uh, obviously, I'm going to do it the right way and have it not look like absolute dog shit, like some of these guys got running around with just you know <laughs> OSB <laughs> plywood wall. God. Yeah, sorry about the pallets. I tried. Oh, it looks funny. No, it's good. It's going to be good firewood. Firewood. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that story here in a bit. Um, but yeah, no. Other than that, you know, I just got the other two, and we acquired a Jaguar that we're mm. going to be giving away at our show this year in June. Uh, Lake, what date is that again? So, yeah, we got big news here. Um, that is the 24th of June, uh, Saturday. I keep thinking it's a Sunday. It is most certainly not. Um, and you, that's right, you listener, can go and have a look at eventcreate.com slash malaise slash e, I believe. Yeah. Um, We'll put an actual link in the description of this podcast, I'm sure. Um, sure. And yeah, uh, you, you, yes, you. It doesn't matter if you're from Oregon or from somewhere else. You can come and be in this show if you have a car between 1972 and 1995. Hell, you can come to the show if you don't have a car from 1972 to 1995. You just, your car won't be in the show. You can just uh, watch. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are... We're going to be having uh, the second annual Malays Invitational in Philomath, Oregon. Boom. Uh, we expect cars, uh, trucks, vans, and we are welcoming anything with wheels. You know, bikes, motorcycles, lawnmowers. I don't give a damn. Clay is smiling. <laughs> if it's in the air, I want it there. 
But yeah, you'll be able to find more info on our site. All proceeds are going to be going to the HIV Alliance. And we are going to be giving away a Jaguar, uh, what, what is it again? Uh, XJ6. I think, it, yeah. I think it's an XJ6 XJ Sovereign. Yes, um, it's a 1991. Sovereign. It's been converted to R134. Uh, it's loaded with options. It has the fake leather. Uh, it's a love. It's a lovely um, red. Uh, I think it's called Regency Red. Is the name of the paint? Regency Red. Now let me ask: Does it have a three three fifty or the original Jag engine? It does have the original Jag engine. Good. Not- Sweet. But this is one of the good Jags. Uh, it's. I don't know Dick about Jaguars. I just know there was an era where they were absolute trash mechanically and electronically, and this mm. is post that era. Absolutely, yes. That's so, about as much as I know. <laughs> take take that as you will. We will be giving it away. Um, it's part of our raffle. We will also have plenty of other items in our raffle. It's going to be a Chinese auction style. Yeah, because it wouldn't be fair for uh, you know people w- wanting the car to end up co- g- coming away with you know a beer pack, uh, you know. Sure, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, yes, but you're not normal. <laughs> so that aside, uh, yeah, no, no, really, uh, no new car news with my end. But I know. Uh, what about the Lincoln? Oh, shut the fuck up. We're not talking about... I am not talking about the Lincoln. Well, Let's right. move on. <laughs> but it's a fox body. Hey, it, if you want it, it has your name written all over. I don't want to deal with uh, hydraulic suspension. <laughs> yeah. Air suspension, <laughs> whatever it is. Neither does anybody else. Sounds like yeah, a big old bucket thing. of worms. That poor well, thing. It, it's like, it's, you know, it's one of those like, oh yeah, cool. And then you find out, uh, you know, all the electronical doodads from the 80s that were latched on top of the Fox body and nobody... No one wants to fucking deal with it. <sighs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, I've had my uh, my say. Now, please, the two of you, uh, we'll, we'll, Blake, we'll, we'll focus on you. Me? There's, I know there's obviously going to be... Um, some Venn diagram action between you and Clay, obviously. <laughs> no but kidding. Catch us up on your specific car experiences since last we spoke. Good heavens, it has been a lot. Whew. Um, well, since you didn't want to talk about the Lincoln, the less said about a certain someone that we both uh, used to call friend at one point or another, the better... Um, suffice it to say, listeners, uh, since September, uh, my car, my Tomo, my pride and my joy, my 1980 Mazda Capella has broken again. Shouldn't be surprising at all. Uh, so yes, um, I took it to a certain someone, obstantively for like a few small minor things. He opens the car up and he's like, oh yeah, you're, uh, you're crank your crankshaft is disintegrating down here. You're going to need a bottom end rebuild. And I'm like, well, yeah, I could probably skimp by or whatever, you know, and keep trying to rebuild this thing, you know, to keep rebuilding it. But this is like the third time. I've had to redo the head gasket three times. An engine rebuild was in the past back seven years ago. I'm done. I'm through with it. 
170 miles, this engine basically more or less has carried this thing. It's it's had enough, and I've had enough of it. So, back in those halcyon days of November, uh, I decided, well, okay, if I'm going to do an engine swap, what is the easiest, simplest, least amount of drama, most, about a, most amount of parts support and reliability engine that Mazda made, because I wanted to keep it Mazda, and the answer was, as we all know, or some of us know, or one of us knows, I, I don't know, somebody somebody told me this, Miata is always the answer. That's what Miata stands for, as you know. Miata! Yes. And so, um, yeah, I was like, okay, well, it's simple as getting a Miata engine. Well, it's not that simple, because as it turns out, Miatas have been through, you know, they are getting long in the tooth, and they aren't as cheap and as plentiful as they used to be. It was either I was very prepared to sink 1500 bucks into just an engine, when in fact I needed everything, pretty much. I needed a full Miata. And lucky luck had it, I found one in Washington, a state and a half away, on the Olympic Peninsula, right? Uh, not quite, but it was kind of in the Greater Olympia area. Just kind of, you know. The, the, I apologize in advance. No, who am I kidding? Washington's shit. It was the shit part of Washington, which is you know most of it. Um, and so it was just like this guy wanted twelve hundred for a whole Miata running and driving. I do a test drive. It's not quite running and driving. I managed to get down the street and then back. And like, yeah, this thing's a piece of garbage crap and so i managed to get away with a whole miata for nine hundred dollars we trailered it clay and i in his aforementioned 1970 ford f-250 with manual everything and just what kind of hitch does it have it's not the right kind of hitch it had a two inch ball on the bumper which is like um, you all won't let you do that yeah so uh I had to borrow a car trailer from a good friend of mine at the mill. Um, he he actually mill. Uh, dirt track races. He's got a Ford Pinto he's working on, but he was nice enough to let me borrow his car trailer, hitched it up, and went the whole, what, 600, 700 miles? It, yeah, there? it was like, yeah, it was a lot. It was how, like, yeah. Hold on. How long was your fucking day? Wasn't oh. it like 16 hours? Oh, uh, we yes. got up there at dark. Yeah, we got up that we left our place, which is uh, the bottom of Oregon, Brookings, the bottom of Oregon. Very bottom. Corner. We b left at like seven o'clock in the morning. It was just light, and we got up there. It was already dark, and then we trailered it back to your place. This thing through the night in a fifty-two now fifty-three-year-old truck with the wrong hitch on this big oversized uh, trailer, and that Miata was staring at me vengefully the entire way. It was very funny. But, um, yeah, we ended up showing up at your place. Then we trailered it out into the middle of Bumblefuck, where this aforementioned unmentionable dude was, because he was going to do an engine swap. And long story short happened, uh, drama, you, Dan, were screwed over. I was like, hmm, I don't want to be screwed over. So I'm like, well, shit, I need to rescue my car and this wretched Miata I bought. And so, like, a couple months go by. I finally forked together the dollary dues to 
be able to orchestrate this thing. January, we uh, orchestrate a grand rescue, which included uh, Clay's truck and the same trailer. Um, and then... Uh, no, actually, I didn't drive my truck. Oh, that's that. right. We drove... Oh, uh, that's right. I'm getting it wrong. Uh, we so, borrowed uh, Dan's Chevy. And I got to... Yeah. That's, I can't... How could I forget that? I'm yeah. getting mixed up here. It did um, yeah, right. I certainly haven't forgotten the <laughs> irre- irreparable damage you've done to it. <laughs> tell tell them about how you desperately needed a truck while I was borrowing it. Oh yeah, no, of course. The one the one fucking week I don't have my truck, I get a job I have where I had to. I ended up loading the Phoenix up to the brim with garbage, not garbage, <laughs> but just wood and cardboard. <laughs> That's that's something straight out of a Pontiac brochure right there. Like, <laughs> look, it has the functionality of a truck. If you don't care about the interior. If you do, well, just throw down a tarp. I don't care. Yeah, a sheet. Anything will work. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Honestly. It might smell a little bit. But... I, I'm being cabaret, but Clay's speaking from experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we, so I borrowed Dan's truck for this job because yeah. it was just like, yeah, I don't want to torture poor Clay's poor F-250, which he is, by the way, dailying and continues to daily. Um, He's a tired old old boy. I have to take it easy on him. Poor thing. Um, so, we borrowed that, and then we got my dad's new to him, 1995 Ford F-150, what in my opinion is the apex ideal truck. Straight six, five-speed, four-wheel drive, beautiful color. He paid a lot of money for it, but it was worth it. It was like completely and utterly rust-free. I will say this, it is the cleanest truck of that era I have ever laid eyes on. It really is. And you laid eyes on it when he hadn't washed it. Yeah, no, it, it is showroom fresh. It is quite. I was just like sitting in this thing. I was just like, wow, oh, this is a brand new truck. Dad, if you don't get this, I, 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 I will not be your child. But yeah, so um, a uh, segue is that I also corrupted my dad and he traded his 50. Well, he got rid of his night 2015 Subaru Impreza with a stick, which was awful um, for this 95 Ford. I mean, with a considerable get- gulf of time in between. So we, he just got this thing and we're like, great, uh, we use that. And uh, Dan's 91 uh, Cheyenne and hope to make a convoy out of this thing and rescue my Tobo. And uh, actually, it's the uh, donor. Oh, it is 91. Yeah, same difference, whatever. No, 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 you were right. I said 90 earlier. I was thinking of my other Cadillac. Oh, oh that's right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it literally, I mean, you know, m- mincing words aside, it literally the same configuration, but anyway. No, and I loved, to to the credit of that, Chan, it was great. It, I towed Tomo with that and uh, John's, Clay's friend's trailer with that, but who cares? And it was just... It, Performed, it was great. I mean, you know, Tomo weighs 2,300 pounds. The Miata weighs like 2,200 pounds. So neither of these trucks were stressed in any way towing these things. We somehow got a U-Haul trailer because uh, my dad's truck had the correct, like a ball hitch. 
Uh, yeah, ball but, hitch receiver. Yeah, so it was like it was, pr- it was proper. So we were able yeah. to like put that on there, and, and they were happy. So yeah, we managed to pull off this daring rescue. Um, and yeah, uh, since then I have been slowly. Ah, we're not done. Well, y- during, during that time of the rescue, yes, <laughs> my windshield wipers broke on my Cheyenne. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I well, forgot. they didn't break. It was just the speed control, and they, they wouldn't are- turn off. Yeah. Oh, that's right. How could so I forget are- that? They're constantly stuck on the 15-second interval. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Honestly, it, it was it was severe punishment for me because uh, there was rain, and it was probably the most ideal... That is probably the most ideal spot for rain because, like, an intermittent rain because it's like, you know, you want to turn it on, you want to turn it off, it just, yeah. And the previous owner of your truck, which I'm in contact with because he's in the club, he was just like, yeah, uh, you have to completely tear apart the steering column. I didn't want to do it. I would rather do a head gasket job in that truck than do that. So it's just like, well, darn. So Is it still broken? Yeah, it's, it's still broken. Say what? Oh, I'm sorry, I, um, I just haven't gotten around to it. I just disconnected the wipers in the meantime. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> man. <laughs> that said, it uh, performed nobly in carrying my Tomo across most of Oregon. Um, and yeah, the ne- very next day, there was a landslide on 101, and I have to think that part that was partially our fault. So sorry. 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 Yeah. Wait, who did the landslide? What do you mean? There, so there was a... So, like, we crossed 101, which is sure. becomes a co- co- coast road yeah. after a certain point. And the very next day, the very next day after we cross over with two cars and, you know, this ridiculous entourage, the road, like, sinks and, like, becomes a cliff that dropped, like, 30 feet. And you think it's your fault? Maybe. I I mean, we... Our weight was partially responsible for that. And the shipping lanes, uh, you know, trucks going to Coos Bay and whatnot. Oh, Uh, it's their fault. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, You know, but we had a hand in it, I'm certain of it. On the way up, we felt a small bump. On the way back, there was a noticeable crack (laughs) that they were in the process of fixing. The very next day, the road slid out. Um, And, uh, yeah. So we we lucked out, because if it had happened the day before, uh, we would have had to come all the way back up. And cross over to five, and go down to Medford, and come back down uh, one ninety seven, one ninety nine, one ninety nine, and one ninety seven. Brookings, that would have been an extra five six hours plus of misery and of, towing a yeah, truck, <laughs> and towing a car. Lots uh, lots more gas and whatnot. So, so um, that it ended well. Um, since then, I have uh, been putting together that Miata because it, as as you recall it wasn't completely running it it started up but it was just i and so i basically just like replaced sensors and here and there everything is super cheap and the community if you sift through all of the trolls and the you know adult 15 year olds um you know you do get actually good advice um which is fine i'll take it and so managed to it eventually became the fuel pump it was the fuel pump was bad, and after that, we performed its last rites, because I should describe, it is a, 
what we bought was a 1990 red Miata. I wanted an early Miata, an NA, because the earlier the better, because it's more mechanical. Like the speedometer's mechanical, then later it became electronic and stuff. Because eventually I'm going to be swapping in Miata engine and transmission into Tomo. And so I'm, I am going to be doing some finagling, trying to make an ECU work and make all the gauge cluster play happy and play nice. But the speedometer cable is the same and things of that nature. So it's just like, okay, there's a lot of compatibility here um, and like five sensors to worry about. So it's great. Um, but a lot of fabrication. Some, yeah, honest. a lot of fabrication. And <laughs> we did finally put it together, perform its last rites. And, you know, before... I was just like, oh, Miata, that's so passe. That's just normie stuff. And then as I drove it, I'm like, yeah, I want a Miata too. Just one that doesn't have every body panel with dents in it. It was a fun little convertible to drive in, though. It, it was all right. I mean, for having bits and pieces missing and just being an utter pig. But, you know, the drivetrain, transmission, clutch, and drivetrain are just fine, and that suits me fine. So, yeah, yesterday, just yesterday, we finally um, cleared out enough garage space and got cracking and <laughs> got arms deep into Tomo, and yeah. Clay was an immense uh, help there for getting <laughs> just about all of the difficult bits, because he insisted on, yeah, let me pull out the uh, the ground on the bottom of the car, let me pull out the drain plug at the bottom of the car, let me get uh, bathed in coolant. It's like, you didn't have to. Oh, I, I didn't ask. I just, I did. <laughs> Man, I swear. But yeah, so that said I'd help. I'm helping. We are uh, cooking away at that. And if that weren't enough, um, Clay bought a Peugeot. I did. I sympathize in Lake's uh, troubles with having a, a sick Tomo, uh, unfortunately, so... It just gave me another reason to buy another car, and I make a lot of money working at a mill, so I decided, well, let's let's buy something interesting, and Lake can borrow it in the meantime if he has to go to uh, an appointment or whatnot. He has a running car that he can borrow. Um, yeah, so... And mainly I wanted to get a, a convertible, because uh, the aforementioned, uh, you know, unnamed individual, I uh, test drove a... 1986 four, I think, 84 yeah. uh, Dodge 600 turbo convertible and I fell in love but I didn't quite have enough money to buy it and I was very close to I sh probably should have because it would have been very fun but <laughs> it, it it started the fire inside I like convertibles so I w was looking for a convertible in the, about the thousand dollar fifteen hundred dollar range and just surfing the the webs I came across, and actually I was shown by Lake, a uh, 1987 Peugeot 505, and it was in uh, Portland area? Yeah, so it was yeah. uh, it was that, and it was like, I, I somehow found it, and I showed it to you, Dan, and you were like, get it, get it! And then it was just like, okay, mm, weird, rare foreign car. Yes, I love these, but weird rare foreign car so we i asked um miles buck who is in our club nominally he showed up once and i still nag him for not showing up again um asked him <laughs> hey do you happen to you know 
do you know about these or, you know, how, how good are these actually? And he was like, actually, I drove that particular car last night and I give it my seal of approval. I'm like, oh, really? Do you now? Um, but yeah, it kind of, we, we were motivated to buy it or I motivated Clay or one of us motivated each other to buy I it. I was motivated because it was unique and I was confident that anything that could break, I'd be able to fix it. Uh, well, that was, that took some convincing because, um, what I've found is that the Peugeot community and specifically the community on Facebook is the best car community I have ever encountered, and that's not me sucking up or anything. I'm serious. They are the anti-Chevy Nova community. Great people. Literally, like, you know, yes, you can't really find parts for these on Rock Auto or what have you, but um, you, I have two guys, one in tech, one in Vermont, and he's in his 80s, who has everything, and one in Texas, who's a little younger, who has almost everything. And between the two of them, I can get anything. We can get anything for this thing. Just a itch that needs to be scratched. Did they make um, coupes of that Peugeot or no? They made a prototype of that, of the coupe. Uh, but they didn't make that into production for some sweet. weird... It, beautiful. That the I think it's in either the Peugeot Museum or the Pininfarina Museum. One museum yeah. or another over in Europe. The, the prototype that they made. And it was Pina and Farina designed or helped design the Peugeot 505. They made that coupe and it's just, it's a gorgeous coupe, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's kind of amazing to me that there is this very tight knit, very welcoming, very loving, very helpful community around these things because they sold like, you know, 15,000 of them a year throughout the eighties. Like there's steady enough to keep them in business, but like, you know, not a huge market. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, here, this is the weird French alternative. Like, it was the un-BMW. You wanted to be cool and not get a BMW, and you were a yuppie. That was the car for you. Right. And so this one had the PRV V6, but I should stress, not like the DeLorean one, same displacement, but later, they like 3800ized it, so they added a balance shaft and it was Peugeot kind of developed and worked on the engine because the early ones were crap. Mm-hmm. It's more and, similar to the uh, 740 Volvo engine. Yeah, right? like the late, the 740, I mean, it was PRV means Peugeot, Renault, and Volvo. Uh, they all right. went in in the mid-70s and were like, okay, let's develop a V8. And then gas crisis happened. Let's chop off two cylinders. Why not? And so what happened yeah. was they ended up coming up with this V6 that had a weird firing order. It's very much like the early 3800s or 231 Buick V6s. It had this weird firing order. It was kind of ran weird, but they spent a ton of money on these things, and the French are game for something weird, and Volvo was stuck with it. So they were just like, okay, here's our V6. <laughs> Isn't it great? And then DeLorean was like, well, I need an exotic engine for this uh, coupe I'm making, um, and I don't want an Italian, I guess, so I'm going to just get this PRV and... But, I mean, to Peugeot's credit, they did um, go back in Volvo as well, independently, and update it. And this updated one, I swear, I've had two Buick 3800s. This V6 is smoother than both of them. And I don't... So I don't say this lightly. The 3800s are pretty damn smooth. Um, and it's very powerful, too. Yeah, it's really... it's It's got a lot of guts. And so this one, it's got the V6 and an automatic, which is a, a ZF box made by Germans. Um, and the BMW Z3s and yeah, yeah, whatnot. So the, the, 
It's right. it's not it's not bad. It does its job. It's it's a decent four speed automatic. I don't really care because it was one thousand dollars. It was, and that was a major selling point for me uh, for a running. Driving exotic French car for a thousand dollars. To be fair, it didn't have a working alternator when we bought it. Yeah. But one of the perks of buying it, we did pay full asking because the guy was like twenty years old with an almost stash, had taken it to the track because he was nuts, had taken it to do donuts five or six times because he was also nuts. Somehow this thing was tortured and survived. It didn't have ba- it didn't have any rear tire tread anymore. I wonder why, but yeah, he was willing to drive it halfway to us. He was in Portland, we were in Brookings, so he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> just Reedsport, like, that's so a little I guess, more than halfway. Yeah, Reedsport. Yeah, he's just great guy. I forget his name now, but uh, great guy. Whoever you are, great guy. Um, With that, Clay, why, why don't you tell us about? Well, now we know about your Peugeot. Mm. Uh, Tell us about your your current uh, big blue baby and uh, oh, the adventures. Big blue baby, uh, yes. I I dubbed my baby the big blue whale Mark II. Um, when I was seventeen years old. Uh, well, my, hold on, hold on. Oh. What 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 is the big blue whale? Well, the big blue whale is a nineteen seventy Ford F two fifty Sport Custom with the Explorer package. It has a 360 big block, or well, whatever you want to call a big block. It's a big block to me, uh, with a four on the floor with a granny gear. So first gear is your granny. You go three miles an hour up a hill, and it just chugs endlessly. Um, And then second is first, third is second, and fourth is everything from 30 miles an hour up to 80. I've gotten it to about 85. Have you really? This is news to me. Yes. You're absolutely insane. Uh, the goal is 100 miles an hour because I got the other Ford up to that. But the um, a little story on why I chose this truck. I was specifically looking for this model of truck. Uh, my mother purchased a farm truck back in uh, 2015. I was 17 years old. It was a 1971 Ford F100 with a 390 and an automatic... Uh, C6 transmission, and I fell in love with it. Uh, we kind of had an unspoken agreement where it would be my first car. I would drive it, given I'd put gas in it, keep it up, keep it nice. And it takes a lot of gas. It took a lot of gas. The gas gauge didn't work. Back then, I wasn't so mechanically inclined, so I had to do the math. It got about 10 miles to a gallon, and a lot of my gas money came from giving people rides. <laughs> after school um, was it lucrative it was actually uh, because I charged them a lot more than anyone else but hey being one of three of the kids in my school who had an actual car uh, people paid that so why not right I pocket a little bit of extra gas money to get home and took about <laughs> two gallons one way to get home uh, and then two two gallons back to town to school but it, it worked out and uh, long story short uh, I'll tell a little bit more on the adventures I had with that particular Ford. Um, me being a teenager, I destroyed the transmission. Uh, the drive gears wouldn't engage, so uh, it was time to sell. I couldn't fix it. Uh, before before we continue, I should m- mention my discovery of when you actually destroyed the transmission, because nobody told me. I 
for whatever reason, I I needed to go somewhere, and that was the the truck, and the only truck available. So I took it out, and I'm just like, we lived in the hill country back then, uh, East California. And I'm just I'm going down a hill, and it was very momentum based, right? You know, it's just like you're here, just like okay, I can just you know coast down this hill, and okay, I'm down the hill. Okay, time to put the foot on the gas again, I hear sounds normal. And then I look at the scenery around me and I'm like, huh, you know, this isn't going by as fast. It's, it's going by slower. Oh my God, I'm not in drive anymore. And it's just, I was at the side of the road for a minute and I didn't know jack and shit about cars in those days either. So I just stared at the engine for a minute and then somehow managed to get home. I'm not sure. But yeah, that was a nasty surprise. You called me and I had to explain the, uh, the diagnosis of what actually was happening and how I overcame this. So one day I put it into drive and it didn't engage the gears. It would just be endless noise of, the engine going and no drive. Um, and then all of a sudden, as I'm finessing the gas pedal, uh, the gears engaged. And this progressed over the months of uh, it being kind of broken, but nobody had money to fix it. And I didn't exactly want to bring to the attention of my mother that the gears and the transmission were dying. Uh, I just made it work. Uh, the process to getting it into drive... You would start it up, warm it up, and then coast it down a hill, finessing the gas pedal, actually just just slamming on it. And sometimes that would work if the hill was long enough and it would kick into the drive gears. And it would be fine until you'd turn it off. You'd turn it off for 15 minutes, maybe three hours. It would come back and you could kick it into drive. No problems. If it was off for more than six hours and this was to a T, more than six hours, it wouldn't go into drive, and I'd have to do that process all over again. Sometimes yeah. I would be parked in a flat area, no hill to coast down. Reverse gear always initiated until it didn't. Um, <laughs> but for the longest time, reverse was fine. Uh, I would find a hill. I, I became the world's best backwards driver in this process because I had to reverse up a hill and then kick it into drive and coast down and do the exact same thing. Finesse the gas pedal, wait for it to kick into drive. And a few times I had to do that maybe three or four times. Going back up the hill, go back down, didn't do it, okay, go back up the hill. And uh, it was quite a laugh for my friends, believe me. All that long story shorter, um, the transmission finally pooped out, it wouldn't go into reverse or drive. So um, I had a Fairly nice 1971 Ford F100 uh, with a really nice running rebuilt 390 engine and a shit C6, which a mechanic shop, a shysty mechanic shop, mind yeah. you, quoted me $3,000 to fix. So it was time to sell the truck that we ended up buying for $3,500. It wasn't worth fixing. I got $1,500 for it, and the gentleman who bought it, wanted to make it into their shop truck. They probably got a very sweet deal for the whole body and a very nice running three, 390. Have you, have you tried relocating the truck? I tried finding the shop that purchased it. Uh, mm. I gave the gentleman my number. I should have probably gotten their number. They never got back to me. I wanted to see it back on the road and what they did to it after because it was very near and dear to my heart. 
that sure. truck. It was my first vehicle, and I had a lot of fun in it. A lot of good memories. And uh, so years later, um, I came into a little bit of money with my better job, and uh, I wanted to get that truck again. And yes, I did try to go find it again, and uh, trail was cold, very cold. So I decided, well, if I can't have that truck again, I can get another one. They made a lot of them. And there's, it, there was a two-year difference. The 71 and 72 had the same grill, same engine. Uh, you can get a four-speed. I wanted a manual now that I knew how to drive manual. And it would eliminate the actual problem and why I sold it. The transmission blew. It was a shitty transmission. I haven't heard very good things about old C6s. You have to get those things rebuilt if you want it to last. Um, so uh, just the hunt began. I went hunting for a 67 to 72 Ford, an F100, an F250. I'd actually settle for a dually F350 if I found one for a good price. Um, and I found a de decent amount. You know, various colors, various engine displacements, um, various transmissions. Uh, but uh, it all boiled down to one that I found in Portland. Uh, it was the aforementioned uh, 1970 Ford F250 with the 360 and a 4 on the floor. And uh, my criteria was it had to be blue and it had to be a manual and a V8. Uh, this one was grabber blue in the in 1970 I was explaining this by my brother he does the research around here um, in 1970 uh, they uh, wanted to get rid of their stock uh, the uh, dealerships for the 1971 models so they would do uh, a little upgrade and call it the Explorer package so they'd add a little extra you know, perks on top of it. They add more trim, uh, different seat upholstery, uh, roof lights. This one actually had roof lights. I thought that was really cool, and I love it. Uh, it really adds to the look of the truck. And um, yeah, the Explorer badges. Most, there's only one on the on the glove compartment door, but uh, yeah, that. And then uh, they would paint them three different colors. I forget there was an orange and a green, and then a blue, and the blue one is what I have, and I think it looks the best. It's the same color as what they put on the 1970, uh, I think the Boss 302's Mustangs, and it's the Grabber Blue. So they put that color on there, and it's a little darker than the blue of the 71 that I had. That was painted baby blue. I wanted to get another blue one, just solid blue. So I saw this one, and I liked the blue. It was a little darker, but it's very beautiful beautiful color. Uh, it had a little bit of rust, but I'm no stranger to that. I, I did an auto body class, and someday I will do a frame-off restoration of this truck when I have a lot more money coming in. <laughs> but right now, it's fine. Uh, there's a little bit of Swiss cheese on the door jam right above the doors. Uh, and Tell kinda, them about the seats. Kind of lets a little moisture in. The seats, the seat, uh, bench seat, Yes. Um, it is a Shetland plaid pattern, uh, and it was very sun-bleached. It was very torn up, so there was a seat cover on it. You might have seen it in your grandfather's Chevy or Ford or Dodge, that signature 
itchy blanket material. Vague Navajo itchy blanket yes. material. Yes. Um, but it, it is in the blue motif, so it kind of matches, but that is also quite old. So I wanted to get that redone. I did a few other things to restore the interior of the truck. That's really all I can afford right now. The exterior is going to have to wait. But uh, the most expensive bit was the seat upholstery, and I found uh, SMS Auto Fabrics in Canby, Oregon. It's uh, out by Portland. Ironic, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I contacted them to see if they had this special Shetland plaid, and I'd never seen it before in any other Ford. It seemed very special. And I contacted them, do you guys maybe have this? I'm really hoping. Otherwise, I would have had to settle for just a vinyl seat cover. Oh, no. Um, and it would have been very basic, and it would have lost that extra little tinge of the Explorer package-ness that it was. And lucky me, they sent me swatches that were exactly the material I was looking for. This was in September, maybe October. I placed an order for the seat upholstery. Uh, still, to this day, uh, in March, I have not received it. I've contacted them a few Wait, times. Really? Yeah, they've. Uh, they said it was going to take about five months, but they're uh, wow. a little backed up. Uh, their words, not mine, I guess. Uh, and I'm still waiting. But I spent almost a thousand dollars for them to do this for me. Have you? Have you? Act- When's the last time you actually spoke to someone over there? Uh, so they have a phone number, but they never answer it. So I can email them, and they always get back to me the next day. Oh, okay. uh, in the fir- in the beginning, so they told me it would be done around the end of January. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, that might be a little like a late birthday present, you know, for me, buy myself yeah. a birthday present, right? Um, and uh, they told me, oh, end of February, and end of February came uh, about a week ago. Actually, I inquired again, and now they're saying, oh, it's going to be another couple weeks. We're a little back backed up. And I'm, it got me thinking, they've probably got this little old lady doing all the work in a shed, <laughs> so that's why. But I don't know. Don't take my word for it. I, I'm just patiently waiting and hoping that it does come and I can install it sure. uh, for the shows coming up this year. Mm. But uh, yeah, um, hopefully it comes because that will really complete the cab. Yeah, tell them about the... Uh your sound system, which is actually oh, yes. as unique, if not more unique than the, well, a as little, unique as the truck. A little cherry on top of the sponge cake that I bought. <laughs> Blueberry sponge cake. Uh, it has a uh, what is the brand of Krakow? Crack. I've seen, a, yeah, Krakow. Krakow. 8-track FM radio from the early 70s, I believe. Um, and uh, the radio works great. It's got a Fancy antenna coming out of the side of the cab, not in the original mounting spot on the cowl, uh, and uh, an eight-track player that amazingly works to this day. So I've been collecting eight tracks. Uh, I have quite a collection of Van Halen and Kiss, and um, I have a Saturday Night Fever soundtrack for that too. Um, and yeah, a lot of good music I can play on that. I also have. Uh, kind of a daisy chain to a cassette player. I bought an adapter. I think it's a Radio Shack adapter uh, for a cassette tape that goes into this mock 8-track 
and you plug it into the 8-track slot and it plays a cassette. Well, the belt inside is broken, so I have one of those aux cable cassette tapes that you put in your 90s car so you could <laughs> listen to your CD player, or nowadays your phone, in the 8-track adapter, and it's going to another cassette tape player, a Walkman, which I have various other cassette tapes from previous cars, quite a collection there too. <laughs> so I listen to my tapes through this daisy chain of, you know, mishmash going back generations. And unfortunately, the one time that, uh, you know, I rode with him, you know, I think we were either going to a meet or something like that. Or it, actually, I think it was coming back from delivering the Miata. Um, originally, <laughs> like the batteries ran out on his cassette deck and, uh, you know, I guess neither of us could be bothered to buy more. So I had to listen to the only eight track that he had that wasn't like, didn't have a bad sponge because these are 50 plus year old tapes yeah. and the sponge gets bad. And when the sponge gets bad, it's just, we had a Frank Sinatra tape and it's, and it sounded, and it was my way. And he was singing it like Dean Martin. I did it my way. You know, sometimes um, it's really funny to just listen. It's to hilarious, song. but most of the time it's annoying. Um, and so the only one that was functional, and I swear the truck has decided because it's old enough to be sentient. The truck has decided that the Eagles greatest hits will is its theme tape because it it's the only tape that hasn't broken apart from kiss destroyer i guess but uh yes. so we had to listen to or we did listen to the eagles greatest hits 71 for four to outer, 75 for four hours straight <laughs> because it was a continuous loop now now hold on can you replace the sponge yes, yes. but you have to get the certain consistency or if you want to upgrade the sponge there's two mm -hmm. types in these eight tracks. There's just a sponge with a little piece of cellophane on top. Those just disintegrate. And then sure. there's a little piece of, um, not aluminum, it's probably brass. Uh, and it's like a, a, a spring loaded. And it's got felt on both tips. That's probably the earlier ones, I think. Because that sounds more, be, you know. I don't know, but... I've experienced that most of the tapes that I have that have that set up inside play a lot better than the sponges. Some of Sounds the ones like last longer. that have sponges are still good. It all depends on how the previous owners of these eight tracks uh, treated them and where they were stored. I mean, there are sponges, there are rollers, big packs of them on eBay. I'm just yeah. too lazy to get, I keep forgetting to get them online because I, I've, got, I've gotten some. I'm looking at an eight track player that I have that Dan yeah. gave me or actually bought from Dan. Uh, I have a one, I need to get more, uh, blank eight track that I'm ready to like put a program in, but I keep, you know, I'm, I'm lazy. So I need to be less lazy about that and right. start. Restoring these things because I want to. Eventually, I want to put one in Tomo, an eight-track player. Oh, uh, so back back to the my fancy sound system of the seventies. Uh, the uh, speakers were uh, a little aged. Uh, most of them were a very little. cracky and uh, ripped. The paper was ripped. So sound I've been in the process of, the of uh, collecting speakers that would fit into the original Craco. Uh, speaker boxes behind my bench seat uh and so far i have a, a good collection of various speakers in there and it sounds pretty good actually um and that's one of the little perks to 
you know, what I got with this truck. It was really neat. I don't have the stock radio. Uh, it was actually, I think they had a radio delete on the dashboard, but that panel was gone. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I built a dash clock because all my other cars, except for the 71 Ford, of course, had a clock and it. It really comes in handy, you know, you, you kind of take those things for granted, but, uh, yeah, it really comes in handy for me. So I wanted a dash clock in this thing, and I just got a a tabletop, you know, travel clock, a round clock, and took it out of the casing and taped it onto the back of a piece of wood I actually got from my mill and sanded it down really to pretty and cut it to the shape of the radio delete panel that would go where the radio is. And it squeezes right in, and I have this dash clock. It's even and got wood. a little light button that I could push. To... And wood trim. Yeah. So that's in there. Um, I want to get a, a square clock that's a little bit more period correct. I suppose, yeah. That'd be sweet. I have it. I just have to take it apart, put it in there, <laughs> and make a new panel. But all to come. Um, the various things that I have done to the truck, uh, I replaced the weather stripping because it's just, it's like... It's like being in an airplane with the windows open. It's just, it's so loud. Well, that's loud. all of them. They were all like that. So loud in there. You can't even hear the radio. So I had to replace the weather stripping. I still have to replace the wing window weather stripping, my AC, as you call it. Um, and then uh, had to replace the window regulator on the driver's side because it just would not come up and down. Now it does. Great. Oh, yeah, These things that. have parts availability galore. You can go online and buy everything you need to build a brand new one of these things. You're going to pay an arm and a leg, but you can. You yes. can find it all. Lucky you. Yes. Sorry. Uh, you know, Peugeot and Mazda don't quite do that for their previous models. Oh, the Peugeot's, uh, Peugeot's fine because there's two dudes. Like I said, Mazda, I have to go to a dude in Alberta who has five of them in his field. Uh, that's where I had to get window regulators is well, out of a car that was in a field. And it yeah. took me three years to find this dude. And what, what I mean is like, they don't make these things new in the factory anymore. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. No, they're still, yeah, yeah they're still making, you know, old Ford stuff, you know, Ford mostly stuff, for the pickup trucks and, uh, Mustangs and whatnot. Yeah, you can build those from scratch now if you've got the money. You know, you don't want to buy a brand new Ford for $60,000. Well, buy all the parts and it's like a model kit. You just put it all together and it works. And it's not registerable. But some, yes. some of it might not be able to yeah. uh, fit properly. You know, a lot of those new panels don't fit quite right. So you just got to make do with what you got. But oh, yeah, uh, no, if hypothetically, sixty-year-old tooling—that's what the yeah. Ladas and you know all the Eastern Block cars had to deal with. It's like, yeah, look at these panel gaps. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the story of my big blue whale Mark II, and and I and love how it has death. a uh, it has a little hood ornament on it. Tell them about the hood ornament. Oh yes, I found online because so the roof lights and the mirrors, big old camper camper special style mirrors that hang two feet off the side of the truck, uh, really give that presence of a big rig, uh, like semi truck. So I wanted to kind of keep that motif going a little bit. I always wanted to have a hood ornament on a car and what other car should I have a hood ornament on? You don't need a, truck? you don't need a semi truck to have a hood ornament, but yeah, they are but no, it fits. Have a Cadillac or a Phoenix. Right. You know, but for a pickup truck, 
Yeah. Fine. I, yeah, no. I thought about getting the Mac uh, little bulldog. No. But you can't find one of those under, like, $200. It's, really? It's really surprising. I looked, and wow. Yeah, because that's the signature hood ornament mm-hmm. for, for a truck. So I kind of set my imagination rolling and was like, well, it is my big blue whale. I even have a blue whale sticker on the dash on the cigarette tray. So, well, what's out there for a blue whale? Couldn't find a blue whale specific hood ornament. I was really hoping, but I did find a sperm whale. So I bought that and it is from the seventies. At least the ad said it's uh, cast aluminum and it's a little sperm whale. If you were to find like a cast iron blue whale, would you replace it? Yes. <laughs> couldn't find one though. Just couldn't. Right. Yeah, they had everything else, but that. Um, I think this little sperm whale looks cute on that da- on that front of that hood. I think it's fine. You know, it's my blue blue big blue whale. It's I never specified what kind of a whale it was. It was just a big blue whale of a truck. Yes, not That's all blue whales are it. blue, and not all blue whales are blue. Yeah, whales. But all all whales are big, and that truck is big, so it fits. <laughs> And it's blue. So, yeah. Is it blue now, huh? Is it blue? Yes, it, it is. It could be. Um, I love it. And I will never get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 to you, I, I feel that, man. Because, you know, I mean, Tomo. Tell us about the time you almost killed the kid. What kid? Which one? Which what, time? Which what time? Was, what was, was it, wasn't there a story with a previous truck? Oh, um, I think I know what you mean. So... Yeah. In, in the years that followed the demise of the Big Blue Whale Mark One, I, I borrowed some money from my older brother, Lake. Who, me? Um, yes. And uh, I wanted to get my first car. That would be my car. In your name. Yes. Um, and I searched for many months, and I found a 1990 Ford Ranger XLT Lariat Edition. And that I dubbed the Little Blue Whale, because it was, you guessed it, blue. Um, And uh, I had that for uh, several years. Uh, Lots of memories built in that truck, but I always wanted to get my Big Blue Whale back. But uh, the end of the line, the story for the Little Blue Whale, ended up, I was uh, on my way from Placerville to Sacramento to do some yard working for my aunt. East California, guys. Yes. And um, uh, I was going down a road, listening to my tapes. I had a cassette tape on the on the dash, and uh, um, going down this road, and I passed by a school bus, pulled off on the road. I was going about maybe 40, 45, in like a, I think it was about a 45 zone. Yeah, you maybe weren't 35. speeding, right? No, I wasn't speeding, and if not, I wasn't going very fast over the speed limit, um, but... I go down to change a song, or I think I was actually listening to the radio, and I go to change the radio, and I look back up, and I thought I had enough time before the straightaway kind of kinked off to the left, but I guess it didn't, and turns out right where it kinked off was this little drainage ditch bridge that had a concrete divider, you know, on the sidewall of this bridge that was about maybe eight inches to a foot off the road and my right tire passenger tire hit that 
and it sent me up into the air. <laughs> I probably didn't go very high, but it, it still bumped me up. And I came back down on the other side and did a 180 and was sitting in the road in the lane that I was coming in. And uh, I was like, oh my god, what just happened? And <laughs> I look over and there's this kid standing there waiting for the school bus I just passed by. And I roll down the window and like, are you okay, man? Did you get hit? Because on the ground right next to the truck was all this shrapnel. And it turns out my my passenger front tire just obliterated. The aluminum alloy rim obliterated, popped the tire, blew up, and all this shrapnel's everywhere. And I thought this kid got hit by one of them. But he was fine. He's like, uh, are you okay? I'm like, I think. And then I realized that I'm sitting in this truck and it's still running. And I'm like, oh, shit. What if the gas tank got compromised? So I try to turn off the truck and I'm still in drive. So I'm like trying to figure this out. So I get it into park, turn the truck off, go to open the door and on the ground, right as I'm getting out of the truck, I, I'm thinking, I got to move this now. And I look on the ground and my drive shaft is sitting, poking out underneath the truck. And automatically I'm like, oh, great. I can't, I can, I'm not going to be able to move this. So I Your get drive out. shaft was obliterated? No. So what happened was, when I went over the drainage ditch, uh, my front my front wheel obliterated, blew up, set shrapnel everywhere, and as I'm going over it still, the drainage ditch was just high enough to rip off my rear axle from its U-joint mountings <laughs> on the leaf springs. Or maybe that was when I came slamming back down. But bottom line, the rear the rear axle came off. And the drive shaft kind of got loosened and fell to the ground. So this this truck was not going anywhere. So I had to call CHP. They showed up. California Highway Patrol, yeah. if you don't know what that is. Yes, California Highway Patrol. Great guys, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, they wanted me to move the truck. And then I had to explain to them that, yeah, I can't move it. I need a tow truck to do this. So their solution to this was call the tow truck, but not wait for the tow truck to get it out of the road because there was traffic and stuff coming in and out on both lanes. And it was over this rise, this hill. So people were coming pretty quick. So their solution was they were going to push it off the road. So they get up to the front, try backing it off in the direction it would get off the road into this uh, driveway. And uh, the rear axle just started going underneath the truck because it's not attached to anything it really was a brick in the road and oh, in their God. process of doing that they popped the gas tank and i'm oh, like trying to get their attention like uh gas gas uh metal scraping sparks boom uh <laughs> idiots and they were like oh no the rims are aluminum I'm like what? what rims aren't even touching the ground everything else underneath the i'm seeing sparks too it's like just scraping on the ground all this steel subframe. I'm like, okay, start kind of backing up. And it's still not moving, spewing out gas everywhere. Right. I didn't have a whole lot of gas in there, mind you. Still a kid. I didn't have a full tank of gas. <laughs> um, so their idea was to push it from the side. Uh, and they did more damage to the truck than I did, I think, because uh, they crunched in the door, broke my passenger window, and destroyed the bedside 
trying to push this thing off the road. Both cars had to get up against it and push it. Two CHP cars. And yeah, it, it, it was off the road, but in a lot worse condition. It was wrecked. And uh, tow truck shows up. They pull it on. My brother came down with the, my, my, my little brother, Lake's other little brother. Yes. Uh, came down in the Dodge Neon he just picked up from my aunt. And, yeah. um, yeah, we went off to go see what we could do about this thing. And I'm like, still in a shock of awe, like, damn, did I really just wreck my truck? Am I not going to get anything for this? Can I fix it? I don't think I can fix it. So I, we took it to the GNO, the towing yard, and, I realized, yeah, I'm not going to be able to take this home. It's going to be too much. It's going to be like $200 for them to tow this all the way back to my house. And for me to try to fix this, it's just not going to happen. I need a car. So I just wanted to scrap it. They wanted me to pay them $150 for them to scrap my car. (laughs) That was ridiculous. So I had the tow truck take it to a scrap yard that I knew would take it for some money. They ended up giving me $300. That's better than nothing, honestly. But they're still going to make at least $1,000 in parts. And I thought about taking it home and parting it out myself, but a lot of the parts were just... I might be able to sell the driver's door, the driver's front fender, three of the other tires. Everything else is basically junk. The bed would have been the most expensive piece that I could have gotten money for. (laughs) And it's got this big old dent from the CHP pushing it off. So I was really kind of screwed. Um, it wasn't in the best of shape to begin with. I mean, there was rust on the roof in California. Sur- surface rust on the roof, uh, a little clear coat coming off of the hood. Uh, prior to this incident, I did actually slip on the road and hit a telephone pole. And it took out my <laughs> headlight and my passenger front fender, which I got another one from a Bronco. And that actually got ripped off from the sign that was on the bridge and it ripped off like a freaking piece of paper. So yeah, that was a waste of money. Um, but yeah, uh, in the months following, uh, I received the Dodge neon an Oh five Dodge neon SXT. Ugh. Uh, and it was a fun little car with an automatic and a two liter engine. To be clear, I like the first Generation Neon, the second one, eh, not so much. It was a little bit more sporty. The the, the first one looks like a retard. <laughs> like the the you know the slow kid in the class that has the the um, the helmet on. I'm sorry, anybody who se- seems offended to the, by this, but that's just my. Well, we're off the air now. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I go to the junkyard looking for some bits and pieces for this neon and and it was kind of nice that it was my ranger was at this junkyard because i got to see its wrecked husk where they ended up putting it in their yard Mm -hmm. and say hi to it (laughs) my poor ranger but yeah that's the end of that one yeah that yeah my, my sister probably said it best you know and i quote you stupid dumbass why did you do that of all the dumb things my sister did, she has that to say about that little incident. Thanks, sis. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. A lot of parties. A lot of uh, money made for gas. Giving people rides. And it was the extended cab version, so I could give more people rides. In wow. the 71 Ford, I could fit four people on the bench seat. But in the Ranger, I had a bench seat up front and then two rumble seats in the back, so I could fit, like, six people in this cab. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And it was enjoyable being the smart friend who would put a mattress in the back of the truck and have a canopy and be able to sleep in my own bed at my friend's house while I spend the night there. Everyone else had the floor or the couch. Sleep in my own bed! Yeah, throw a futon mattress back there, you know? It was great. (laughs) I think I went camping once in that thing. It was a fun little truck. It was kind of gutless. Yeah, it had the the 2.8 Essex, no, Cologne. Uh, Cologne. It it had a 2.9, actually. 2.9? Fuel-injected... Um, and I forget what the transmission was. Automatic. AOD. It was, it was, it was an AOD. It was a four speed yeah. with an overdrive. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was fun. You know, I hit a, hit a few turkeys and vultures. Is there anything else you hit um, in that thing? No, it's... just turkeys and vultures. Okay. I actually still have a feather from one of them because it got <laughs> stuck in the grill and I realized, oh, that's from that vulture I hit. Jesus <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they dr- they fly away. They're dumb birds. They hit my truck. They go over the truck. They're okay. <laughs> I'm already gone before I could tell. But yeah. Um. Oh, one of the more cool things that I did in that truck. My friend mm. in high school, he had a '92 uh, Nissan NX 1600. The cool one is the NX 2000. It had two liter. This one had a 1.6 liter. It had an automatic, it had an electronic dash, and the speedometer was, like, on old lady mode. So you'd be going down the freeway at 65, and it'd say it was going 17. <laughs> to get um, to persuade the old ladies to yeah. go faster, you see. But, anyway, it, it it had electrical issues. My friend got it from a scrapyard for 300 bucks. Kudos, great. Running car for 300 bucks, But it was a Barely. pile of shit. It had T-tops, it was cool. It was fun to ride in hatchback um but yeah it it broke down on him in the middle of the road down in placerville the town out in east california um and uh who does he call not a tow truck he calls me with the pickup truck come rescue me <laughs> and my first thought is what the hell am i gonna do i'm not a tow truck and then i realize wait he probably wants me to tow him somewhere okay well i do have a tow strap all right, well, I'm on my way. So I come down there, and he managed to push it into a gas station parking lot, but he couldn't leave it there. So I'm like, okay, well, does it start? What's wrong? It just won't turn over. You know, the electrics come on, it just doesn't want to turn over. All right, okay. Um, I guess we can get this back to my friend Cole's house, who lived in Placerville. Um, quite a ways. But uh, we managed... Uh, Up a hill, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, so one of the steepest hills in Placerville, right behind the police station, was called Washington Street. It was a good quarter mile of nothing but very steep uphill. I proceeded to tie this thing to my truck. Your very tired 2.9 liter V6 Ranger. With an automatic. With an automatic. Um, towing this maybe 1,500, 1,600 More pound car. More Probably 2,000 pounds of car. Um, with a heavy duty ratchet strap that you'd see on the back of a major big trailer holding uh, a car or lumber or what, what have you. One. Um, just one. Just one of those ratchet straps. Uh, and, uh, we went 
the long way around, not up Main Street, because we didn't want a cop to see us, because I didn't know really if this was illegal or not. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was. But to hell with it. I saw it on TV once. Let's try it. Um, what's the worst that can happen? You have brakes, right? Like, yeah. Well, don't run into me. Uh, so we proceeded. Um, we got to the hill. I put it in low, in like the one option on your automatic gear shift. Lock it in first gear. Yeah. Locked in first gear. Proceeded up the hill. It had no problems getting it up there. It was pretty dang light. And uh, we got it back uh, to his house. And um, I don't remember him thanking me. He might have got me a little bit of weed or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I that truck did rescue a little Nissan. <laughs> it was a fun little moment for that truck. <laughs> um, which I actually executed a similar idea with uh, your Chevy. Oh, yes. Uh, Tomo and the Miata, because we live on a similarly graded hill, a lot shorter, but still. We have problems. We decide to live on a, a steep hill. Yes. And that is the least of your fucking problems. Oh, to, to bring <laughs> To bring a trailer up this road, mind you, is just, uh, I could see it's just not going to work. It's like a really long truck trying to get up it. You know, the trailer or the back of the trailer is going to hit the ground and you're going to bottom out and then there's going to be wheels off the ground. So my solution was to drive those trucks all the way up the road to another turnout, unload the cars, tie them up with the same exact ratchet strap, mind you, that I did tow the uh, Nissan with my Ranger and tow Tomo and the Miata down the road and up the driveway. And guess what unlucky bastard uh, sat in the driver's seat? Your mom. Me! Oh, no, I did it, actually. Because I was the one who'd done it before, and I knew what to do. No, I mean, in the driver's seat of the car being towed. Oh, yeah! No, yeah, no, who, you ga- had, who gives well, a those, shit those about the guy cars. who's towing, okay? He's uh, fine. Yeah, so I towed the cars, because I had prior experience of it, of course. And then, brother had to steer the powerless cars up the hill. It's a good thing both of them didn't have power steering to begin with, so I was fine, but, you know, yeah. just being like, oh, God, uh, uh, he's got his brakes on. Oh, God, you know, the, the time it takes for your brain to register must pull brake is a bit too long, so it was just like, uh, and then, you know, getting jerked around by Slack, and, you know, I didn't give a shit about the Miata, but Tomo, on the other hand, I'm like, no, my baby is being pulled, the fridge is gonna be cut, pulled apart, no, <laughs> seen too many Top Gear specials where this happened. And actually, I think that was when we realized that your truck didn't have four-wheel drive. Yeah, that's right, Dan. Your truck doesn't have four-wheel drive that works. Yeah. Because it was skidding up the hill. It was skidding up the hill, and the rear wheels were skidding, but the front wheels were not. Hmm. Wow. If If only I gave the slightest of shits. That's... That's great, because... We both don't really want to be blamed for it not working, but you don't even need it, so we're good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, shucks, we're coming up to our hour mark. We are. Wow, it is that time already. It is. Uh, one last thing, I guess. Um, I will be going to Malay's Days. This yes. episode will be coming out. Just before Malay's Days, uh, which is the 26th of March, 
in SoCal uh, at the Automobile Driving Museum uh, nearby the airport, LAX, um, I will be going. Originally, the plan was to bring Tomo, but I don't think I'm going to get Tomo done in time for that. So I'm going to be taking the Peugeot, which yes. has mismatched body panels because in its history, somebody slammed into a uh, dumpster in it and then somebody else rebuilt it very nicely. Uh, but not it nice slammed thing. into a Ford? It slammed into a dumpster. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Don't but, you yeah. dare say the same thing. That's the same thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm confident it'll make it because it's been exemplary, especially for a $1,000 car, especially for an exotic $1,000 car. It runs great. Um, we need brakes, though. Yeah, I, I did order those. But um, yes. yeah, so uh, I will be going down there. That'll be exciting. Uh, Dan, you're going to another Cowboys wedding that weekend, right? Oh, uh, yes. I'm going to Patrick's wedding in Salt Lake City. I'm going to be driving the Phoenix out there with Marissa. So oh, are be- you? Are you really? That's uh, good. I thought you were going to fly. No, I'm, I'm glad. You were going to fly in the Phoenix. Yeah. Wow. That's we're awesome. going to drive to Reno, spend the night there, make it to Salt Lake the next day, stay for a couple days, and then come back going north, and we'll be stopping in Boise. And you'll be wearing your rustler's hat the whole way, right? Oh, for sure. He, he wouldn't right. be a Corinthian cowboy if he wasn't. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. this was fun. Well, thank um, you. I'd say I'd learned something, but I didn't. But that's understandable. I know you. Hope to be back. (laughs) Hope to be back next time. I got more stories. We'll we'll bring you around, of course. Yeah. Um, Sure, people get a uh, laugh at them. Yeah, no. And uh, our next, if all goes well, our next recording, we are going to be having a... uh, engineer from my understanding from nissan so that'll be pretty cool mm, maybe you can tell cool. us about the 1600 sx or whatever that uh, was 16 uh the nx 1600 right yeah i'd, I'd be curious about it's that a neat little car yeah. yeah no i'm sure he's very knowledgeable on it sweet yeah. maybe you talk about know. hard bodies too i had a hard body once oh yeah that's right you had a hard body yeah 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 so uh well we'll uh be sure to have stacked with questions that time. Yes, absolutely. Well, until then, thank you guys for coming. Um, oh, our pleasure. Thank, thank you all for listening. Thank you for and having me. Absolutely. And for anyone who is listening, if you ever want to come on the show, leave a comment, send me a message, shoot me an email, just get a hold of me any way you feel like, and I would be glad to have you on. We are the Corinthian Cowboys. Like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, hi, Dan's grandma. Thanks for listening. <laughs>